Raise the roof, that's 90s. That's right there, right? All right. Hey, welcome to Bible Christian Church. Uh, we have fun here. I love it. Uh, we're so glad to see you this morning. Thanks for braving the cold air and the wind and, and the slick streets to be here. And uh, if you are watching us online, then welcome. We're we are glad to have you. Um, it's, it's been awesome uh, to be able to put this out online. We've had so many people who have, uh, um, and we've had people who have been in the military who've been able to see it across the, across the, the seas. We've had people who, who are sick and have been able to watch it uh, from their from their living rooms because they they can't make it out and so we're glad that we can do that. Um, if you know JD Ham, uh, he's the one that kind of orchestrated that and uh, give him a big thanks. Uh, we are looking for helpers with that and you don't have to know anything about it. Um, they really will, will will guide you and teach you. It really is just helping get stuff set up and, and kind of help helping things run. So if you're a person who likes kind of tech, uh, you can be all ages. Uh, let us know because we can we can show you some help with that. Uh, before we get jumping into everything, uh, just a few quick announcements. Uh, if you're familiar with the Emmaus House, uh, that's an organization here and a, a house here in town that is a shelter. It's a food bank. Uh, they use it for emergencies. A lot of people, it really services a lot of people uh, who are struggling and who don't have a home here in Garden City. And, and they are struggling. So a couple of things that we're going to do uh, from our, our church. Uh, Jennifer Farmeyer and Katie Unger organizing uh, a food drive, uh, but it's very specific food. Uh, they are putting together, helping the Mesas put together boxes, and we are providing uh, a ham or a chicken for those boxes. So we're asking you to do if you can bring uh, an uncooked ham or chicken uh, to the church by December 12th. Um, we'll put it in the fridge and we'll get it all bundled up. We're looking for 50 of them total, not 50 each, but 50 total. Um, just here in the next couple weeks, that would be that would be fantastic. Bring to the office. Our office is open Monday afternoons, all day Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, you can bring it in. And we'll put it in the fridges, and then we'll we'll deliver them all, so that way people can have boxes of food and have a really good meat and something to go with that. The other thing we're doing is uh, we will be continuing uh, what we've done the past few years during December, where we have uh, some giving, some special givings throughout the the month of December. And, which means um, next week, if you show up next week, we'll give a, a dollar per head for everybody who comes to church through, through all three services, and, and we'll give a dollar per head, and that will go to the Emmaus House uh, for next week. And we're going to choose a different uh, organization every week, and then um, on Christmas Eve, we will be uh, taking a, a collection, and all of that collection will go to some families uh, that, are, that will be decided through our Benevolence Committee uh, that are here in our church um, who are members, regular attenders, or part of our church family uh, to help bless them for the new year. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So uh, just be, be looking at that. There is a sign-up sheet in the, in the coffee bar on the left-hand side by the door for those hams and those chickens for the Mays House. Sign up so we know what we have coming. Um, second, next week... Uh, next weekend is a big weekend, it is our, uh, el- our vote for our elders, and we've had some questions on that. I've had just a couple questions just to clarify the process, so I'm just going to put this out there so, so we know what's going on. Um, we will have it a- after each service. Um, there are three candidates, and they're in your bulletin, a little bio with them in the bulletin, and uh, it is a yes-no vote on each candidate. So I've had people ask, well, how many do we need? And we don't need a certain amount. There's a there's certain there's a, a minimum that we need to just to function, but we're not worried about that. So it's a yes-no vote on each individual person. Okay, so we could vote all three in, we could vote two in, one in, zero in, 
um, it, because it's all about the individual person. So hopefully that kind of clarifies a little bit. And that'll happen at the end of each service uh, next week. And then the week after that, we'll have our annual meeting uh, across the street following the 1030 service. And we'll have, provide a meal there and we'll present the budget there and we'll present uh, the elders who were voted in there and, and have some fun uh, doing that. So if you have any guys any, any questions beyond that, make sure you give uh, Justin an uh, email or one of our elders an email and they can kind of fill you in and, and help us some more clarity on that. Uh, lastly, uh, this is our, our final message of this is how we do it, talking about worship. Uh, next week we begin our, our Christmas series called The Presence of God. And here's how we want to, I, I will give a visual representation of what it means about the presence of God. And here's kind of the idea behind it. That the, that the presence of God in our lives really is the best present for our life. It makes sense? So it's kind of a play on the word, on the word present. The, the God's presence in our life really is the greatest gift we've ever been given. And so to, to do that, to help us kind of see that and really, really get a grasp on it, I'm, I'm inviting you to bring presents. Okay, not actual presents, but, but boxes wrapped, okay? Here's what I want you to do. Uh, anywhere from a shoe box to, you know, like a, you know, like a copy paper box. Don't, don't, like, we don't want a bunch of, like, um, refrigerator boxes up on stage. You know, that's, that gets a little big. Um, but we want to fill our stage. We've got all this area down here. We've got some area here. We'll, we'll carve out some space for the worship team. Uh, we can pile boxes around there and around the drum. And it, here, here's the thing. Wrap the box, and then on a little piece of paper, on a little card or whatever you want to do, write a, a sentence or two that says this, um, the presence of God in my life this year did this, or the, God's presence helped me through this, or, or God's presence allowed me to this. Finish the sentence. How, did, how has God's presence in your life this year affected you, helped you, encouraged you, led you, convicted you, whatever it is? How has it been a blessing in your life? And we want to fill this stage. You don't have to put your name on it. We want to fill this stage. And, and to, so we get this idea of how God's presence really is the best present that, that we can receive. Sound good? We all, and, and you can do multiples. You can do it all, all December long. Okay, we'll take them. So just, you just bring them in. Uh, next week, just bring them in and set them up here. Okay, as you, as you walk in, just come up on stage and, and we'll, begin, we'll begin that area there and just place it there and then we'll kind of help arrange it you know, after that. But just, you just come up on stage and put it right there when you come in next week. Sound good? Alrighty. So we're gonna finish up this series. This is how we do it. We're gonna be in Philippians 4, 4 through 13. So this series was all about worship. That what we do here in church, what we, the, the small things we do, the things, the, the tidbits of the, the singing and the, and the message and the communion and the offering and all, the way we serve, all this has to do with worship, worshiping God. And worship is about uh, giving God his due worth. The series idea was this, that through all the ways that we worship, he makes himself known to us that the gospel is represented to us, um, that our identification is found in him, and that we are sent on mission. So as we worship God, we come to know God more and deeper. And as we worship God in all these ways, the gospel is, is presented to us again and again uh, in, in these new ways. And as we worship God, our identification becomes clearer in him 
And as we worship God, our mission becomes clear and we're sent out and we're given what we need to do to go and do his mission. And we, we wrap that up with this idea on Thanksgiving and it's this, that worship doesn't exist without gratitude. So in all these ways that we, t- that we, that we worship God, they're not really worship unless it comes from a heart of gratitude. Because if it doesn't come from a heart of gratitude, then what we're doing isn't about offering God his worth. What we're doing is about us checking off boxes so we can feel good. I've given, check. To communion, check. Sing a few songs, check. Been to church, check. Okay, I've got it all. I must be good for the week, right? If it doesn't come from a heart of, of being uh, grateful on who God is and what God has given us, then it really isn't worship. And we see that in Philippians 4, 4 through 13. And we're going to read through this uh, in bits and pieces. We're going to kind of break this apart. As Paul speaks into the life of, the, of his, his, his friends and his brothers and sisters in, in the church of Philippi, uh, they're probably the closest church to him. And he does it from a place of prison. Not from a happy place, not from a, a joyful place, but from a hard place. And he, and he walks them through what it means to rejoice. So let's, uh, let's start in verses uh, 4 through 7. And again, we're going to kind of break this apart and take this uh, piece by piece. All right, let's begin. Jo- uh, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me pray. Jesus, we, as we look at your word and, and what Paul says here about rejoicing, Father, I pray that you would, um, you would show us our hearts what it means to, to be able to rejoice and have joy in you. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what's going on, Father, I pray that you would uh, just give us this vision of what it looks like to have a heart that is grateful for who you are and what you've done. I pray these words come from you, and I I pray that the Holy Spirit, you would um, guide our hearts through this, that you would teach us and and, and convict us and encourage us in this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so let's, let's take a look at the first part of that. Rejoice. Just stop right there. Rejoice. Rejoicing is an action. Rejoicing is a choice that we make. Rejoicing is this outward, this outward action or this outward result that comes from an inner heart that is grateful, that is thankful. Um, rejoicing is not about being happy. Rejoicing can happen whether or not the situation we're in is, is good or happy or fun or otherwise. Contrary to popular belief, Christians don't have to be happy all the time, right? right? This is idea that as soon as you become a Christian, we get, people think that, that Christians, we're just, we're just skipping through the day. Yeah, woo, I'm a Christian. Yeah, everything's great. Right? And it's just not the case, is it? If you've been a Christian any time at all, if you've been following Jesus any time at all, you know that that is not the case because we live in a real world that is broken, that's been broken since, since we broke it with Adam and Eve. 
Since, since sin came in and it's broken and, and broken things happen and we live broken lives and we're around broken people and, and, and in this brokenness, people make bad decisions and, is, and many of those people are us making bad decisions. And the fact is that life still hurts at times. And at times, life hurts all the time. There are moments that hurt in life. And then there's seasons of life where every waking moment hurts. You've lost a loved one, or you were given a diagnosis, or you're you're battling depression or anxiety or something, and waking up hurts. And going to bed hurts. And living life hurts. And making decisions hurts. And eating, eating a meal hurts. Because it's just life. Rejoicing goes beyond all of that. Because we rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice in our feelings. We don't rejoice in our emotions. We don't rejoice in our circumstances. We don't rejoice in, in, our, in the people around us. We rejoice in the Lord. The problem is that these things, these other things, they always change on us. Feelings change, emotions change, circumstances change, people change. Um, They're going to let you down. All of those things will let you down. People will let you down. If you put a pastor on, on a pedestal, he will let you down. If you put your spouse on a pedestal, they will let you down. If you put your kids on a pedestal, they will let you down. If you put your parents on a pedestal, they will let you down. We do, because we're broken, and you're broken, and that's the way it is. But God is not. The Lord is the Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's, he's never changed from the time he, he started creation, started time, to the time when he will come back and it will all end. He will never change, because he's the Lord. And our rejoicing is in him. And when we rejoice in him, we know it's not going to change. and It's not going to let us down. In fact, in the, in the book of James, they're going through some struggles and they're going through some hard times. And they're, they're questioning, they're, they're struggling with this. And it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. These trials we face in life, they may not be fun, they, they may hurt, and, and we would never willfully choose to go through most of them, right? Not many people are like, you know what, life's too easy, kind of sit around being bored, okay God, throw something at me, let's go, come on. I, I've, just, I, I've, I've conquered everything else, I'm ready to go. Like nobody's doing that. But we know that life is what it is, and and they're going to come. And the writer says, consider it pure joy. Because when it tests your faith and you hold true, you're going to gain perseverance. And through perseverance, you're going to gain character. And through character, you're you're going to gain maturity. And, And these things are greater than the little bit of happiness you thought you wanted during the trial. These trials are going to produce greater things than the happiness you thought you needed during that time, the happiness you had to do without during that time. They're going to bring perseverance and character, maturity and good things. Now, we rejoice in the Lord and, and there's a 
Five, six, and seven, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to in just a second. We're gonna see that the rest of the verses kind of revert back to these things, okay? So we're gonna jump down to verse eight. Verse eight and nine says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. To rejoice, we must have an, uh, a heart of gratitude. Our attitude must be grateful to what, who God is and what God has done, and that is that is almost impossible to do when we fill our mind and our heart and our soul with junk. When what you've put into you is garbage, that's what you're going to get out. Right? And, and we know that um, social media can be a big part of that. And, and, and it is. We, we understand. No one's surprised that there's junk out on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or the internet and that you can fill your heart and you can fill your mind with stuff. Right? So we have to guard that with what comes in. But can I, can I tell you this, that those things are just the new technology version of older things called coffee shops where men and women used to sit around and, and gossip and tell about the day's news and, and who's doing what and who's, and who's doing this and, and what's this person about and this and that. And they'd go through the, the, the newspaper and, and it's all garbage because you not saying what you would say to their face. I've seen it too much to know that, um, you know, whatever the, the, the town news is being spread and, the, and about people. Can I say that this happens in uh, Christian prayer groups? People will sit here in church and they'll put a, a prayer request on a card because they're going through a hard time and they're struggling, and they need prayer. And that will go out to people, and people will take that list, and they'll come together and go, okay, we're going to pray for these people. But first, let's gossip about every single person on the list. We're talking about their junk, and we're talking about my opinion on this, and that, da, 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 da. And then the last five minutes of it, we'll look at this, go and pray for it. I tell you, we've got to stop that. I, I've been doing this too long to know that it happens. We've, we've got to put good things in we get to make sure that what's coming into our hearts and into our minds and into our soul is good stuff. Paul says, whatever, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is, whatever is um, lovely and admirable and excellent and pure, these things think about. These things share. These things talk about and, and consider. Because it, it helps us to be grateful. When we're not grateful, when, we're, when we've put all this junk in and, and we don't like what's going on in here, then it's really hard to have compassion and share good things about what's going on with other people. So we have to be right with ourselves and with God in our, in our own heart and, and have this gratitude so that we can bring good things in and share good things and be part of this. Because then it, when we go back to it, when we go back up to uh, verse 5, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. When you understand who you are in Christ and you're able to bring good things in and you're able to share good things, you will be a gentle spirit. You will be good to be around. 
And even when you have to criticize or, or correct somebody, it will be done in a way that is rewarded and that is accepted and that is understood. It comes from a spot of love. And that's who we need to be. Can I tell you, if nobody wants to hear your correction, it's probably not coming from a good spot. It's probably not coming from a spot of love. It's probably not coming from a spot of gentleness and gratefulness on who God is in our life. Be a person who is gentle. The Lord is near. Be someone others want to be around. Be grateful. And be content. Verses 10 through 12 say this, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that, that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in, every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Contentment, and gratitude go hand in hand. I don't think you can, you can be truly grateful unless you're content with what you have. And you're going to have a hard time being content if you're not grateful. They go together. And this discontentment that we can fight usually comes from disappointment. And disappointment comes from unmet expectations. We expect something to happen. It doesn't. And so we're disappointed. And we're disappointed so we're not content with what we have. And since we're not content, we can't rejoice. It all plays together. And, and let me say this, that um, the reason that we have these unmet expectations is because we expect things to happen based on what we do. We're going to put this into it, and then we have an expectation of what comes out of it. And let me, let me tell you this, as Jesus followers, the results are not our responsibility. You're going to be disappointed if you, if you think that you can manipulate the results when it comes to your relationships, your jobs, your kids, your parents, your love, God, church, whatever. You're going to be disappointed because it's up to God to produce the results. It's up to us to follow him. And Jesus talks to his disciples in John 15. He says, abide in me and, and I will abide in you. He says, apart from me, you can bear no fruit. We don't produce the fruit. We abide in the vine. And then God produces the fruit through us. It's not up to us to produce. It's up, up to us to abide, to follow, and to be obedient to the one who does. And when we focus on that, then we can be in content in whatever God produces in us and through us. And out of that, then we can have a heart of gratitude, and we can rejoice, and we can be gentle. And then we can come back to verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Anxiety comes from the unseen and the unknown and the what-ifs and the never-have-beens, right? Anxiety comes from when, from when we, we're worried about what the results are going to be and the things that we can't see coming up. Anxiety comes when we're, we're not sure. We get, we get all uptight. And Paul says, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. Understand. Rejoice in the Lord. And if there are things you need, and there are things you, you, you need to come to God with, he says, do. Present all of your requests. Petition God for them. Do it with a heart of gratitude, though, and who God is and what he's done for you. But present them all. Bring them all to me. 
And he says, when you do that, when you do that, then you're going to find peace. Verse 13, one of the most misquoted, misrepresented verses in Scripture, says this, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Often is said as, said as this, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Right, and we get this ridiculous idea that, you know, through his strength, then I can jump off the building. Right, like I can fly in his strength, yay! What you're gonna find out is he's already produced a law called gravity. And for some reason, he's not gonna break that law just for you, right? You're gonna find gravity, you're gonna find the ground, you'll be like, what happened? He goes, ah, I, I made gravity. I'm not sure why you thought that, like, you could just, wall through your, no, he's like, no, you got that all wrong. Paul is talking about in rejoicing and being in prison and being content and being grateful and all of these things, I can do all of them through him who gives me strength. I can be grateful, I can be content, I can be gentle, I can be loving, I can, I can think on good things, I can, I can, I can uh, be good to others through him who gives me strength. I can be obedient to God, to his call, to, his, to following him because of his strength. It's not about giving strength for us. It's about giving strength to do his will. And in that, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. It's beyond all understanding because it only comes from God. And it's foolishness to this world. Having peace in any circumstance, having peace in, 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 through all the hurts that happen in life, having peace through all the uncertainties and all the things that could bring anxiety, having peace and understanding and being assured that God has it under control is beyond the understanding of this world. It will seem foolish to them because they don't know the Lord. But we do. We know that he has never changed and he never will. And he's not going to leave us nor forsake us. And so we can rejoice with a heart of gratitude in the Lord and we can find peace and we can be gentle of spirit and we can have compassion on people and we can show gratitude to, in, in whatever circumstance we find we know that God desires for all of us to have this. And we can be that for this world. We can show this world a, a peace and a gentleness and a love that is so far beyond their understanding that they're going to want to be a part of it. And then we can show them the Lord who is a part of that and who brings it to us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. I want to speak to one group of people real quick. Because this is a hard hard time. When I first started to, uh, I really didn't say this to the other services, but when I first started to put this together, you know, you think about preaching on Thanksgiving and, and it's going to be like, oh, this will be kind of light and airy and easy. And as I got onto it, it's like, no, this really isn't all that light. This is pretty heavy and deep. And, and what I've come to realize is that there's a group of people out there and you may be one of them that being thankful during this season is hard. This is not an easy season to go through. 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, because it's all about family, right? It's all about joy, and, and we're, we're praising God, and we're having gifts, and it's all fun. And there are some of you who have lost loved ones, who've had diagnoses, who are battling depression, and battling, and this is a lonely time. Whether you've, it's been, loneliness has been put on you, or you just can't see your way out of it. Like, everything is so dark right now. You just can't see your way out. I just want to speak into that for a second. There's a, there's a guy in Scripture who understands that. His name was King David. Yeah, he had everything you could ever want. But it took him going through the valley of the shadow of death to get there. And he understands what it means to lose loved ones. He understands what it means to be in dark places. He understands what it means to be hiding in caves because people are after him. And what I love about David is that he, he is so honest and genuine when he speaks into the Psalms, when he, when he writes these words down, he just says things that I could never put down. But it speaks to my heart. And this was given to me by a youth minister uh, who I, I served with here a long time ago, Jeremy Snowberger. He gave this to me and I wanna kinda of pass this on to you. It's Psalm 13. It's six verses long, but it's amazing. And it says this, O Lord, says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long, how, uh, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I don't know if you've been there. Where the best you can do, the best prayer that you have is, oh God, how long am I gonna go without knowing or feeling you around me? I am in such a place, Lord, I can't even see you. I can't feel you. I don't know what's going on and I don't know how much longer I can be. I don't know how much longer I can, I can do this and put up with this. And David goes on to say, look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David's at his end. And yet, he ends it with these two verses but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. When we rejoice in the Lord, then in spite of any situation we're in, we can say he's been good to me and I can rejoice in his salvation no matter what because he is God. He is the Lord and he never changes and he is good and he is good to us. And if you need prayer because you're in that spot, then when we stand here in a second, please come forward, let us pray together or find someone around you who can pray for you. If you've never known Jesus and you've never understood or had the opportunity to experience that kind of peace of heart that goes beyond all understanding, come forward to this morning. Let's, let's begin that journey now. Let's go ahead and stand as we sing.